Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 152 of the Pico Serati podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello. And this week, uh, we're going to be talking about the new slate of Mythic Plus affixes that are currently on the 10.1 PTR. Um, to come out in season two, replacing some of the old ones. Uh, but there's also, you know, uh, we both had farm this week, at least in theory. We uh, <laughs> we uh, we got raid testing that did happen, um, and then we got uh, pretty significant change from what I can tell to the Windwalker four set bonus. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they will be happier with this one. Uh, but before we get into all of that, Adam, how was your raid week? Uh, it was it was not non-existent. We'll say um, we uh, we only raided Thursday this week um, because typically, as generally speaking, after a tier nowadays, we take a week off. Um, so we killed uh, was it Razgath early on Tuesday last week. We took Thursday off, of course, last week, and then Tuesday this week. So. I uh, walked in the raid Thursday, see how much we could clear. Uh, I unfortunately, um, two things happened. was on a work trip, but I was back by Thursday, so could have raided, except I got strep throat while on that work trip. Uh, so couldn't really talk, uh, couldn't really move. Uh, it was awful. I haven't had strep throat since I was like 12, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so I was super sick. It was not not a fun situation. Like, it, it was like every time I swallowed, someone was stabbing me in the throat. Yeah. So like even having like throat loss or like cough drops or whatever, like in my, just to like cool it down or make it not hurt as much hurt because like I have like saliva in my mouth from sucking on a cough drop. And so, yeah, no, it was a, it was a rough couple of days there. Um, but I feel better. Um, and my raid actually went like the raid team did well. They, um, they went in Thursday, they cleared everything but Dathia. So like hey, that's seven, good. Of, seven of eight. Yeah. Um, with a with an inch with our typical weird healing comp this time instead of three evokers and a monk it was three evokers and a paladin, um so uh, nice, yeah our little nice. our weird little comp that I think is changing soon we'll see, um but yeah no they they did really well uh, other than Dathia down I think is is really good for us a lot of those bosses we've I think similar to you we've we haven't killed in like a month plus, um, yeah so we're able to get through a ton of them which was which was really good so. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't, honestly, I logged into WoW for like the first time today just to do the the vault thing to get, I need like five or six more of those stupid little cracked, whatever currency yeah. things, uh, to upgrade my final gem. Oh. Pro tip for that, the, oh, okay. um, keys quest that you get at the start that gives you like six keys, uh, you can uh-huh. do that on an alt that you don't care about getting the item for. Like if you're not planning to play it the rest of this season, you can go and you can get the keys. The keys are account bound. Oh, so okay. you can get them on an alt, send them to your to your main, and then just get the ring on your main. Now the rings are way better on alts than on mains. They're like way more of an upgrade. You're way less likely to um, like. I know several of our DPS just don't use the ring. It's just not an upgrade for them. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, if that's the situation you're in, you probably don't want to do this. But if you're playing a tank, if you're playing a healer, I believe it's pretty good, pretty much universally for those roles. Yeah. yeah I know for Mistweaver, it's it's your best in slot item. Uh, if everything's at max, it's 424 is the max, right? So Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which requires, 
like you need 60 of the primordial whatever fragments yeah. to, to get there um and then the crafter to make the upgrade item for you yeah so i i am six away um so i'll probably do a couple more quests tonight just to get more keys um and hopefully that gives you one more gem that i can break down and and get that yeah. done but yeah yeah no it's been a it's been a crazy week of, of really no games for me just a lot of reading and sleeping we'll say <laughs> so how was uh how was your week you, you had your raid last night so did you get a you get a full clear in one night we did actually we got a full clear in uh this is actually probably the first time since sanctum of domination that we've done a one night clear and honestly in sanctum i don't know if you really count it because i'm pretty sure it was like we just didn't do fate scribe right like we just yeah we Still, that's all that's, we consider it a one night clear we've got everything done with fate scribe i'll say yeah um <laughs> But it's been a long, long time since we've been at that point because, like, season three, um, I mean, we, we you know, killed the Jailer and then had, you know, a month until season four to get everybody cutting edge. Yeah. And so that didn't, we didn't really get one night clears in. We were going both nights every week pretty much. Um, and then season four was just a complete mess for us. So, uh, yeah. Very, very little. Like, I guess technically at the end of season four, we kind of could have one night cleared because we could clear a singular instance in one night. But we did a lot of like, you know, so and so needs this item off of this boss. So let's go to Castle Nathria and get them there, you know, hymnal and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, we, I think we always, we always, at that point, we were also still selling mounts for like mm-hmm. Sylvanas and, and Jailer mounts. So like, we'd always have like a second night of, of raid for at least sales like that. So yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah. Did you guys, did you guys want, did you guys just real quick? Did you guys one platform Dathia? Yeah. We've been doing that actually since okay. we started farm. Um, oh, awesome. It's so nice. It, that makes that fight so much more tolerable. Yeah, like, I think, I think we were trying that cause we had about, when I looked at our logs, we had about 15 or so wipes to Dathia. So I'm wondering if that's what we were trying. I didn't actually look into it. Yeah. It took us a few wipes the first time to do it. Um, but I think Dathia would have just taken it, that amount of wipes anyway. I don't think it really increased the number of wipes. If anything, it might have yeah. decreased it because the level of coordination you need is just so much lower. Yeah. Really, there's like two things that you need. You need to get your um, first volatile infuser spawned at the right time. So that part is still you know a little bit involved with like intentionally spreading marks and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And then you need to have your raid group kind of like overall positioning coordinated um so that people are in range of healers the platform is really big if you have everybody spread around it the healers are not going to be in range to actually heal people which is important at the end of the fight when you're taking like 300 percent increased damage right 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 um so those are like the the two big things and then you can just like have a group of five that's just like all of the best people for the platforms instead of trying to split them up between two platform teams you just send them all to a single platform and they just destroy it yeah yeah, yeah and come back that's funny that's awesome that is uh, awesome but we uh we not only one night cleared this week we cleared in just under two and a half hours oh, uh, wow you were on early we crushed it it was really really nice we two shot razageth actually we switched to the no hold strat on razageth we had a change in our healing comp and um, we two shot it which was totally unexpected. We, you know, went in. We were we were planning to try this no hold strat, 
but it was kind of YOLO. Like that's the whole idea kind of is you do this no hold strat, nobody holds cooldowns basically ever. You don't stop damage. You just go, go, go the whole time. And we right. were expecting it to like, you know, wipe us. And we'd have to go back and then we would have more data and we'd come in this coming week and uh, know exactly what we needed to do in order to do the no hold strat. Anyway, we just killed the boss. <laughs> um, awesome. Which that was a good awesome. feeling. Uh, so we actually had, I think, more wipes on Dathia than every other boss combined. And we only had like four or five wipes on Dathia. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's very similar to our first, or our clear last week was like, I think we had two or one round to get the wipe and maybe like two wipes over the course of like the rest of the raid. But it seems like it's a good farm raid in terms of like consistency. Like you, we sort of outgear it now. It's yeah. not like Sanctum or, uh, or was it was the last one, uh, Sepulcher, where um, yeah, it was like a little rough. So there's a an interesting thing here. This is not like on our topic list for today, but I, you know maybe we're at the point in the raid where it's worth talking about um, the gear scaling. So like, okay. Aranog drops eye level for fifteen gear, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, right. Around that. Yeah. Four, 415, 418, something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then the I think it's like the next tier drops 418, and then there's some 421, and there's 424 off of Razageth okay. and Diurna. Um, and just like, so we got to Razageth, right? And we're like, I level 416, I level 417, that area. We killed it. We were like, I level 418 and change, maybe I level 419. Um. And then we went back to bosses that we had done previously and we're like three or four eye levels higher. Like we killed Krog the first time and we were not even eye level 415 as a raid group. Yeah. But now we go into it and we're eye level 420 and that actually does make a pretty significant difference um, versus something like Sepulcher where in order to kill the Jailer, you basically needed to be gear capped. Exactly, Um, yeah. And we talked about this, I think, at the Jailer too, which was like... At the time when like Echo and Limit were killing it, right or Liquid, yeah, um, they were at the they were basically max geared, which like we would eventually got there too. So like, unless we're playing like those guilds, like the the fights needed to be nerfed. So yeah, this is yeah, I would agree. Like the the scaling here is much more like I feel like tradition, like not traditional, but like older raid tiers would have been where like y- the nerf to the raid is essentially you getting more powerful. It's not like yeah. they're nerfing fights. I mean, it's, I think it kind of is traditional if you look at like. Ulduar, right? Um, yeah. The well, so I, I, I was just meant like I don't want to say traditional. Like this happened years yeah, ago. Yeah, like yeah, I feel yeah. like this, other than last expansion, I feel like it's been pretty consistent. That like you will. Uh, I mean, BFA and BFA kind of had this same problem. Um, okay. It was like the intention was supposed to be right that your your Azerite like scaled up over the course of the tier. Right. But for a lot of people, they just front loaded all the Azerite grinding. Yeah. So it didn't. It's true. It, it kind of technically did in some ways, but in practice, not really. Um, and then in in Legion, uh, Legion was more successful with the like borrowed power scaling up over time because they just had the like infinite node at the end that gave you versatility, and that just like you know eventually that just made you powerful, yeah. eventually like was actually a nerf to the raid but in legion it was again it wasn't the gear it was the borrowed power system and then in like shadowlands i feel like they forgot that 
detail actually now like in hindsight i couldn't have i I didn't identify this really playing shadowlands other than the fact it definitely felt like you needed like to be gear capped to finish the raid on mythic um at least in sepulcher which is i mean it was harder it was higher tuned than the others but um even sylvanas gave you a huge benefit for having max rank uh domination shards and all that stuff um and it just like you know, we we did the bosses the first time with all the gear. And then when we went back on farm, it was just like the same difficulty as doing it the first time. Yeah, you don't you don't get that fun. We did get that thing where, like, I think on Kurog, we killed Kurog randomly last week uh, after we killed Razgath for the first time, and I think we had Kurog after the second phase, like in that second intermission, at like like eighteen percent or something ridiculous, like seventeen yeah. percent. So it was like. Literally just serve like half the raid survive this intermission and we kill the boss regardless. And like yeah. those are like at least for me, like that's the fun part of farm, which is like where you're like skipping either like just whole like parts of a fight or like you look at the boss's health and it's at like like tens of percentage points lower than when you did this like the first time. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I mean that's all uh I guess I know that people like I talked about this with people in raid and and they're like, you know, I like the, the basically they were like I don't like Mythic Plus gear being so powerful compared to raid gear like the four twenty one from Vault um, being you know just like better than most of the raid gear uh, yeah is maybe a little bit of a feels bad but at the same time like I really like the the overall gear scaling and the impact that that's had on raid um, and I mean there's like fight design things too right there's not no uh push timer nonsense really that goes on they they actually went out of their way to like fix the one that there was on sanarth there's technically the karag one but it's very early in the fight and very easy to manipulate the weight well very easy it's uh, (laughs) a a little bit technical to manipulate the way you want but you get it and then you never change it you just do that every time and then the fight's consistent um so it's it's lacking the kind of like stone legion generals or kelthazad uh or remnant of nerzul or lie of him, <laughs> you know, yeah, all these exactly. different fights that you can list that have the, the push timer nonsense. Right. Um, which does make it easier to reclear. Cause that means that you don't have to have like the precise damage numbers and then stop damage for the right timer and all that nonsense. We can just blast, which is fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, no, yeah, it's, um, it's definitely interesting. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a it's a it's it's hopefully going to be a good set of farm for like at least the next couple of weeks. I don't know how long it's actually going to be because, you know, with raid testing already out and you know things occurring, Ooh, like you we'll expect, talk about uh, raid testing. Yeah, yeah, we'll expect some things to to happen here uh, in a bit. But um, but no, yeah, it's uh, it's not been a not been a bad raid so far. So, um, well, cool. Maybe we'll get into a couple of a uh, couple of things for from last week that sort of occurred, and then we'll. Jump into our main topic, which is, of course, the the Mythic Plus, uh, Mythic Plus, uh, new thingies, new affixes. God, I can't speak today. I can't talk. <laughs> Ugh. Um. All right. Well, the first up is, of course, it is April first, which means there was a bunch of, uh, I'll say, stupid. I'm not a huge fan of April Fool stuff. There's a bunch of April Fools things. I don't care about that. We're talking about new tavern stuff. So the trading new trade, sorry, trading post, new trading post item. So. 
I think this will be a good thing. We started, you know, anytime we we hit one of those monthly crossover episodes, we can talk a little bit about this because there's transmogs here. I'm not a huge fan of transmog, but I'm a huge fan of like cool, two things, cool mounts and cool new uh, like models and things like that. So the, uh, which is weird, I know. Anyway, um, so the first thing is, is there is, of course, the bonus reward for this month for completing your traveler's log. Uh, are the blades of a loon, which actually look super cool. Um, so it's two blades uh, of a loon, one light, or I guess moon infused, and one dark. I don't know. It's like the light side of the moon and the dark side of the moon. Yeah. So the each side of the moon power. Um, they're I guess they're they're considered daggers or are they swords. They, this are one handed. They're one handed. Oh, sorry, one handed sword transmogs. All right. Yeah. Um, so one handed swords you can transmog. They actually look really really cool. Um, the light one has sort of like a, a light glow with like a leafy area to it and like a little circle at the hilt, um, like a little orb floating in the hilt, which is really cool. And the dark one, sort of very similar, um, a little bit more of a dark tendril brownish uh, glow to it with a little green orb in the hilt. Um, I think these look really cool. Um, I will probably actually complete my travels journal, Traveler's Journal this month. And, uh, How do you not? Travels like- I, was, I was like Genuine 15 points question. off. I was, I was oh, okay. so... I was 50 points off last month. I've played a ton of Destiny. I've been raid logging for the most part. Yeah. Um, I mean, so. it's it's just you get so close by just doing the raid that yeah. I was like, how do you not? How do you not? I was and like, it's like, okay, if you do literally like no dungeons, okay. I think I, I guess I, I did one Mythic Plus dungeon last month. So yeah. Okay. That's That'll do it. How it happened. Um, um, some of the other like highlights, there's a uh, new recolor of the cloud serpent kind of mounts um it does not to my knowledge require the cloud serpent training that you get from the rep grind i i, I think you're right you're i right. did not buy it um because i like it's a it's it's magenta it's a magenta cloud serpent it's very purple um and honestly i don't have any characters i would use it on so i didn't it's, buy it it's a, it's a mount so i i, I bought it um so i cannot confirm whether it requires that or not because i actually don't have any cloud serpents and don't have the training so yeah i i really like cloud serpents on my monk so if you buy it and you can't use it because none of your characters have the cloud serpent training ping me i guess because that would be kind of funny and also we could help get blizzard's attention for it yeah it does happen um there's a number of other like weapon transmogs that I think are pretty neat. Uh, they actually did not include all of them. There's like a wowhead post that summarizes some of the, the new neat ones. There's a two-handed axe. I'm pulling this up on stream. Um, if you were just looking at this, you might assume that it were a staff transmog because it looks like uh, a little bit like a Scarlet Crusade uh, kind of styled staff. Uh, but at the head of the staff, it's just got blades. It's got axe blades and it's got the like pattern, you know, engraved on the side of the axe blade. Uh, looks kind of neat. Uh, this is one that I grabbed. So this is going to I'm going to have to do some transmog work to, to make some use out of this one because it's very unique. Uh, yeah. There's a if you have a hunter alt, there is a uh, new quiver transmog, which actually is very noteworthy because it allows you to have a quiver without using the artifact bow. Uh, transmog so you can use non-artifact bow transmogs 
with a quiver they also have one for guns that's got like an ammunition pouch which is like if that's your thing i guess congrats um and then they have a couple of librams and let me see if i can find the i mean the 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 best thing that they have though i see if you want to show off some of the librams um i wasn't going to show off the libra i was going to show off the fist weapon oh that's an interesting one that's a little little much i'd say yeah, if you're talking about the fist of polar fury. Yeah, the ice bear that like yeah, basically like, takes up your entire arm. It's not really a fist weapon. It's like an arm yeah. weapon. Um, yeah, that uh, one is a that one is a bit much. And then uh, yeah, the only other thing is there is a pet. Which if you're a pet collector, and actually even if you're not a pet collector, like Egg Bob is the name of the pet. Is it's just hilarious looking. It's like little bird that's still stuck in its shell that's just it's like little like its legs are popping out the side and then it's like heads popping out it's got big old bug eyes yeah um, big beak it just yeah egg, egg bob seems like if you just want like a kind of like a funny looking pet like you know um beauties on the inside type of pet uh this is sort of i think what you'd want to go for i think it looks it looks pretty funny it looks pretty good all right, I can't find the right animation to actually show those off correctly, so we're not gonna, we're not gonna show it off. Feels bad. Gotcha. Uh, it's just like it's a bear. It's a, a like imagine a bear face made out of ice, and you just stick that on your fist, and that's the that's the fist weapon. Um, yeah. So of course I had to pick that one up. Ice. Um, I don't know when I'm ever going to use that one, but I have it now. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got the mount for sure, and then we'll see. Maybe I get the pet. So the pet looks kind of cool, but I don't typically keep pets out. So probably yeah, that's that was kind of my uh, my deal. That one. Um, but no, yeah, that's I mean, trading post. I I think again, we've talked about this. I think even before, like when it launched, this is sort of like I think one of the coolest things they've added to WoW. I think it's fun to to check this stuff out and um, gives you something to do over the course of the month, or if you're like a buddy of mine, something to do over the course of the first twenty four hours uh, after the month takes over. You know, um, if that's how you want to play uh, the game, go go through. Do but everything in the first day. It is so. so easy to to max out your bar if you just do. You know, if you're like, I, I mean, I have not even had to think about it. I like did my, uh, showed up for raid, did some weekly keys, did some alt keys, and I just like had the bar full, and that's nice. That's I feel like the correct level of tuning. Like I I played quite yeah. a bit, and I just had it done. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was definitely, definitely super cool. So, um, so yeah, so that is, uh, I guess, some free loot you get just for playing the game. Um, speaking of free loot, well, not, we'll say free in quotation marks, um, there is an Amazon gaming promotion going on. So if you're not familiar with it, um, if you have Amazon Prime, you can go to, I think it's uh, like gaming.amazon.com and you get a bunch of free, like, in-game items for a bunch of different games. So WoW is, of course, what we're talking about today. Um, and so there is a, uh, a mount um, on the uh, on the Prime Gaming or Amazon Prime Gaming uh, membership page um, that you can collect. It's the big or battle bear, um, which is, of course, the black bear. Um, I forget. This used to be what it's was a trading, this? Card a trading card game mount. Yeah. yeah. Uh... Um, this is the second trading card game mount that they've given away. The other one, they get that Drake that they gave away was TCG. Exactly. Um, also, of course, Wowhead with the clickbait title. 
the the title of the wowhead post for this is oh, amazon God. prime gaming reveals new warcraft rewards every month for a year which reads like they've revealed what all the rewards are and then you read the post and it says they have not revealed any of the war- rewards except for the big battle bear for the first month and it's like just so other all than right. it seems like there will be a new reward every month for the next year so just be sure to, to check in, I guess, is the idea. But yeah, yeah, for now, we just know about the big battle bear, um, yeah. which is still cool. It's a it's a cool old bear ma- uh, bear model. Um, so if you like just collecting ounce like I do, you will have gotten this one. So. And if you want to put together like a classic era transmog in uh, in retail that has uh, combined 12 polygons, you, you know, <laughs> might want to mount like this because that's about the number it's got. Yeah, there's a lot of flat edges, we'll see, in this one, <laughs> um, for sure. So, so, yeah, so that's on the, the loot side. Uh, so if you have a if you have Prime uh, subscription with Amazon, you could, of course, get this stuff for free. I won't quote free. Um, as long as you connect your account and claim it. Um, so, cool. Um, so, I guess moving into a couple of other big uh, things that have come out over the past week. A little bit of speculation, we'll say, in this next one. Um, which is there have been hints of a third evoker specialization. Um, special or basically a bunch of different hints have come out uh, from data mining or just reviewing the 10.1 ETR um, from either data mining or just actually going through a lot of the quests that there is a potentially a third evoker spec coming. Um, the newest comes from a couple of voice lines from Neltharian, uh, where Neltharian talks to. Um, it was speaking to uh, three Drakthir, um, basically calling one of them his Devastator, um, another uh, his Preserver, basically devastation and uh, preservation focused. And notably calls out the Dragonflights that those correspond to. So uh, exactly. devastation being red and blue, uh, preservation being green and bronze. And then this final one, um, basically being the essence of the Black Dragonflight, uh, and Neltharion says, to augment all those around you with my power. Um, so basically hinting at potentially a third spec that will function much like you would expect maybe a bard-like class in other MMOs or other sort of RPG games, um, where like you just sort of are slinging buffs to everyone around you, which would be a very... Um, very interesting class in World of Warcraft. Um, we don't really have that concept, we'll say today, of a class that only sort of fits out buffs to everyone around them. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they actually take this forward. I'd say, I mean, my money is on no. Like, I think this might just be a story beat. That you know the the fact that this one, this final uh, Drakthir is the essence of the Black Dragonflight. The fact that the Black Dragonflight is mostly considered a bunch of you know. Not a bunch of, but like outcasts and generally are considered like the quote unquote bad guys in most of the story. Um, we'll we'll see if they actually bring this forward. But it would be interesting to say. I think least. the thing that sells this, um, so aside from the data mining, like there was a data mined quest that seemed to be like a specialization unlock quest. Um, similar to if you've done the Forbidden Reach or the Demon Hunter starting zone, you know, they have kind of a, a quest that offers you a choice of specs and then the second quest later that unlocks the other one. Uh-huh. Um, so it seemed kind of like that. Um, so that, I mean, I'm 
maybe it was something that was scrapped. So, you know, hard to read into the data mining. But the thing that kind of sells this for me is that there are no spells in the Evoker spellbook that are Black Dragonflight related. Right. The closest is maybe they've got, um, oh, what's it called? The thing where they fly forward and like nuke the ground. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not Dream Breath, but yeah. Oh, Dream Breath's the green one. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like the root one, right? Yeah. It's like Devastation or something. Uh, That one might be tagged as as, uh, with the the Black Dragonflight, um, but that's it. Like, there's a whole Dragonflight that's just missing from the Evoker kit. And um, Neltharion is the one that created the Evokers. So it seems odd for there to be literally no Black Dragonflight spells in the whole class. Exactly. And so that's, I think, the thing that kind of indicates that, you know, there might be a third spec. The, The question here is, like, when? Like, obviously, we're getting data mining about this. Adding a new spec mid-expansion, like we talked about this before, but adding a new expe- spec mid-expansion would be unprecedented. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, the last time they added a new spec to something was, uh, like, when they made Druid's four specs with yeah. the launch of Cataclysm. And, I mean, I guess maybe technically you could count, like, changing survival to be a melee hunter, which was, again, with the launch of Legion. Uh huh. Um, so I guess maybe this points towards maybe this is like trying to build up towards having that happen with 11.0. True. Um, yeah. But it's also, you know, super non committal because, like you said, it could just be a story beat. You know, maybe they, uh, maybe they test the waters with these and see what people think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it just becomes, uh, it's like, yeah, as a part of the story, and there's some story beat that we haven't gotten to yet that's like, oh, there's a reason these Drakthir haven't, you know, been included with the other Drakthir, like considered outcasts, like yeah, which means us as player characters not be able to have this power. So yeah, yeah. this will be um be an interesting one. And I mean, we talked about this before, so I'm not gonna repeat my whole rant, but I don't want a bard class in WoW no. because of the way that rating is structured. Right, like power infusion, win free totem, are just bad enough. Unless it's something like paladin auras, where it's just like raid wide all the time, and it's you know that kind of stuff. Like I could be okay with that. Like if they made a class that were basically built around doing like paladin auras all the time, and you like because uh-huh. that's kind of like uh, bard in Final Fantasy has songs that they do um, that are just the whole the whole raid which, you know, eight people instead of 20, but still just the whole raid uh, gets right. it. Um, like, I'm, I would be okay with that if they did something like Final Fantasy's Dancer, which is one person basically getting simped by the dancer. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> Power infusion's bad enough. Yeah. Uh, and that even is setting aside the whole, like, okay, so I work at Warcraft Logs, and doing... Like, I have zero faith in Blizzard, like, not putting a bunch of haste effects on this. Like, I mentioned this before. Haste is fun. People like getting haste. That's why power infusion is the way it is. 
haste is also just not something that can be um, reattributed analytically. Like it's just too hard. You just can't because there's right, things right. like what happens when people get extra cast of spells inside their cooldowns. Well, that is damage that like power infusion gave them, but you know, how do you know without actually having like a whole 100% complete model of the game? And it's just, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah it, beca- it becomes a headache just from an analytics perspective. And I think, I mean, in general, wow, doesn't do like, if we think more or less about group content, even about solo content, like, yeah, uh, the buffing. Uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess when you like, buff yourself, it, it's a higher buff. But I don't know. The like, the way that it works for like the dancer in Final Fantasy is that they basically have a a rogue style combo finisher that just does a ton of damage, and it's like in the scheme of a raid encounter, it's not that much damage. Um, but when you're just out doing stuff solo, it's plenty enough for you to comfortably just like. 1v1 mobs and do quests and all that stuff um and that's you know probably what they do here like brewmaster you can kind of have the same thing where like you have cooldowns and stuff and you can do fine damage solo and then you can just touch of death something from time to time and just like absolutely send it to the shadow realm gotcha. so i i feel like that's solvable but i i genuinely would be really concerned about having a actual bard class basically like I, I don't want to deal with that as a rate lead or for work. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. That's fair. That is fair. Um, well, cool. Well, yeah, that's uh, tons of speculative. I mean, that's super speculative post blizzard said absolutely nothing. And to be fair, there's nothing in the game that even says you can select a third evoker back. So yeah. Um, we'll see if it does come to fruition. If there is one, they are doing really, really well at hiding the actual like spells and talent data and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So, um, well, cool. Well, a couple of maybe final points, and then we'll get into sort of the affix discussion. Um, there was a couple of bug fixes this week. Um, one just monk related one that uh, that popped up was that they did fix an issue that caused uh, so for Mistweaver, sorry specifically. Um, but they fixed an issue that caused the additional Tiger Palm from Awakened Feyline to sometimes not cast while changing, um, facing, or moving out of melee range. So basically, if you take Awakened Feyline and you Tiger Palm, you'll hit you know your target plus an adjacent target. It seems like if you were moving as you hit Tiger Palm or the mob was moving, you could sometimes miss and not hit anything, even though even if there was a mob close by. So um, minor bug fix. I mean, to be completely honest with you, I didn't even realize this was a thing. Um, yeah. It hadn't really popped up on our radar in terms of Discord stuff. So um, this sounds like one of the this sounds like like a classic kind of uh, uh, race condition where it like picks a target um, yeah. and then tries to cast, but that could be in like the next server tick. And in that time, you could turn away from the mob, or the mob could move away, or you could move away. And right. so then, when it tried to actually cast on the target that it picked, nothing would happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, minor fix, we'll say for misweavers there, nothing else super, super major uh, in the bug fix this week. Um, and then, uh, I guess a couple of final, maybe data mined 10.1 things. Um, there is going to be another full uh, Drake or Dragon uh, customization. Um, so, there will be an Elementium, uh, or I guess for the Highland Drake, an Elementium Drake. Full customization similar to the Razgath one. 
um, which makes your uh, dragon riding mount look like the first boss of the new Avarice uh, raid. Um, so it's a purpley red, purpley like I guess orangey yellowy uh, dragon uh, with armor all over it. Uh, actually, looks kind of cool. Um, I will probably use this if I ever pick it up, but um, it's a cool another one of those like full. Uh, Full customizations basically uh, takes over the entire customization of your drink. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it looks cool. Um, I don't, I don't know if I would use this one in particular, but it does look cool. This is kind of like it's a new mount. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like this is like a reskin of a mount basically, but it's so much. I don't know. It feels better to just have it as an option of an existing mount than it does to have it be a separate mount. And this is, I hope that they carry, aside from the whole like dragon riding, like mechanics and stuff like that. I actually really like this approach to handling mounts. And, you know, we had some of this back in um, BFA with the Mechagon cat that you could like do colors for. And so it it was handled similarly. You didn't, I I don't think you got like eight separate mounts. I think you got one mount and you could go to Mechagon and pick what color you wanted to show as. Yeah. And so, like, having to go to Mechagon specifically, maybe not ideal, but, like, this kind of, like, being able to collect recolors and reskins and and stuff for your mounts is something that is cool, and I... Uh, it would be cool to see carried forward for other mounts as well, although that... It's probably even harder than making them capable of dragon riding. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so um, so yeah, so new new full full Drake skin. We don't know where it drops just yet. Um, probably maybe the last boss. Maybe this is the new mythic quote unquote mount. Um, for for Abaris, but uh, yeah, that is uh, something new. And then the one of the I guess not the final thing, but um, next up is they are adjusting. Uh, Blizzard is adjusting um what you need, how many bosses you need to kill for your weekly raid loot in the um raid vault. Um, so everything is going to be increasing by one boss kill. So instead of two, four, six, like it is today, uh, it will be three, five, seven. Um, and probably just in line with the fact that there's going to be one more boss encounter in Avarice versus Vault. So um, there'll be nine in Avarice, only eight in Vault. Um, and so, I honestly um, wish they would just leave it at two, four, six. It's just nicer. Like, especially yeah. if it currently looks like the end wing. So, like, right now how it works is you can do everything except the end wing and you can have your full vault, um, which is pretty nice. Because uh, the end wing, like, if you're doing heroic in pugs and stuff, the end wing, Diurna, and Razageth is a very significant step up in difficulty. Um, so pugging, it's pretty rough at times. Um, so the way that Abarus is set up is there's a three boss end wing. It's Magmarax, uh, Echo of Neltharion, and then, uh, spoilers, Scale Commander Sarkareth. Uh, <laughs> and so what this means is it's not the end wing that you get to skip. You have to do the first boss of the end wing to get your vault or one of the bosses of the end wing, um, which would likely just be Magmarax because it's just like a, it's a, a patchwork boss with extra steps. Um, but still, I like the fact that you just like not worry about doing the end wing bosses, uh, yeah. for your vault. 
Yeah, I, I bet you Blizzard wants at least to to get that third slot to at least you know do the majority of the raids. So that's probably the only reason they upped it by one. But um, yeah, now there's gonna be a slight change going into next season, so keep that in mind. You need to kill one extra boss each week for that. Um, speaking of bosses, we did have raid testing this week. Um, so I will, unfortunately, as always, I'm no, not allowed or not, I was gonna say not allowed. I'm not able to, um, participate in raid testing. Um, were you able to do any testing this week, Emelson? Not really. Um, I was talking about this before the show, but we had people that just couldn't come. And so we had, we had like 11 official signups and some like verbal, like I'll be theirs. And then ended up people who couldn't make it, you know, busy days at work the huh. day of and so we ended up with just seven people and it's like you can't you can't pug 13 people for mythic testing you're just wasting your time um so we ended up just looking at streams and stuff instead um and we'll see uh we might try and organize it for this coming week um the wow well, the guy who was organizing it didn't post another sign up so i might do that if <laughs> i if I actually want to do it, then I probably have to just do it myself. So, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. The uh, raid testing though was very buggy. Um, so the first boss they hot fixed mid pull like multiple times. Um, it was like initially there was an issue where. I, like we thought this was intentional where like the boss has these puddles that you run lasers into. And when you run a laser into it, the laser goes away. Well, it was also removing the puddle. And we thought that was like an intentional change to like simplify the boss. Cause it is the first boss of the instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently it wasn't intentional. They hot fixed it so that they don't go away. But then they had another issue where like the number of puddles and lasers that you get, depends on like how many armor pieces you've broken off the boss so if you get puddles break armor and then get lasers you don't have enough puddles to get rid of all the lasers oh that's fun that's fun so there's not no puddle spawning or there yeah there's not a yeah. lot of number of puddles so interesting. uh they fixed that too i believe you know there's just like just yeah stuff like that uh, and then the second boss that they tested, uh, which is one of the end wing bosses, this is the Skarn, aka the trap boss. Uh, I don't even know what to say about the testing. It was a complete mess. Not even like on a technical level, like the boss, the mechanics worked. Um, it still has really, really, really bad animations for the dragon statues, which there's, there's these dragon statues, they do like a frontal that you have to not be in because it does literally a million damage. So, you know... Really need to not be in those. <laughs> you know when they're casting, when they're going off, visuals for them. And so I just like watched people over and over again on stream. Like the edge of the animation. It's like they took a an animation and they just scaled it up really big for it. It covers a lot of the room. Um, and just the edge of the animation, is, you just can't see it. It's yeah. not there. Uh, but I just watched people over and over again be visually out of the animation and then take a million damage and die. That's crazy. So they got to fix yeah. that. But the whole thing honestly was just a mess mechanically. Um, so the idea is that you get tr- the boss puts out traps throughout the room over time. And the traps are more of area denial than anything else. They don't like kill you or explode or anything. But if you stand in the area where the trap is, 
you take a stacking dot that will rapidly kill you. So you you need to um, try and prevent extra traps from spawning and also remove old traps uh, in order to not run out of space before you can kill the boss. Right. Um, so to that end, there are these golems that spawn. And these golems um, will run around and try to spawn extra traps. So you got to stop them from doing that. And also, when you kill them, you can basically like disassemble them to disarm an existing trap. Uh, okay. And this is where it gets really, really bad. <laughs> they have so much health. They are so difficult to CC. Or like not difficult to CC, but it's like you can't kill them if you just like trap them or and they're immune to poly, they're immune to fear because they're robots. You can't right. You can't do that. Um, so like it's just and then there's the the thing that like when they first spawn, you have like ten seconds before the first of the dragon heads goes off. And on on heroic, it was like one dragon head fired at first, and then the Second time, two fired, and the third time, three fired. Well, in Mythic, it starts at three. Oh, Jesus. You have no um, room in the place. You have a robot running around trying to set off a trap. Right. Um, so you also just have more traps that are spawned by the boss, I guess. So it's just like there's too many traps around. So even if you keep the robots from spawning new traps, you just have so many traps that you can't actually like deal Move with the fact gotcha. that you have the traps like it's hard to deal with the robots and then the robots have too much health so you need to commit a lot to kill them and like legitimately i don't know like there's some major major work on that boss like i think is needed in order to make the fight flow in a reasonable way like all the mechanics like have clear connections like it's all area denial and like you want to control the like which dragon statues uh, fire depends on where the boss is so you can control that you can control where the boss uh puts the traps because they always spawn near her plus one random one that spawns i think it's near a player but i didn't test it so i can't be sure uh it seemed like that on heroic um and then just like these golems oh and then there's the there's a they have this listed as a tank mechanic i did not see a single group do this as a tank mechanic she spawns bombs um that uh will explode these bombs don't have a timer visible which is another like ux thing that needs to be dealt with um and they just do a lot of physical damage if you soak them you like run into them and they explode on you instead of exploding on the raid and uh they give you a stacking dots like the idea is like uh you you soak like one or two and you wait for the dot to wear off and you soak the other two except i think there's five now on mythic but they can okay. spawn basically anywhere in the room. So that's another thing that can happen is they can spawn inside traps. Um, they can spawn <laughs> in the area where the dragon statues are firing. Like, so sometimes you just kind of can't sounds- do them as a tank, especially if you're looking at something like a blood decay doing it. Blood decay would be really rough for this because not only can you not efficiently get between one bomb and the next, yeah, you also can't, Death strike because you're not near anything. Yeah, so, just so- oh, sorry. <laughs> what people were doing is having a like a hunter turtle and break all the traps because the turtle makes you also immune to the dragon statues. Um, it does not prevent you from taking damage from the traps, but 
uh, it, it does prevent you taking damage from the bomb. So you can take a couple of ticks of the, the trap to just break a bomb and get out. Gotcha. Um, so nobody was doing this with actually, like nobody was having tanks do this. Everybody was having immunes do this. Um, or like the people I saw trying to have tanks do it were like the tanks were dying. It was just not. It's listed as a tank mechanic in the dungeon journal now. It wasn't originally. It is now. That is not a tank mechanic. <laughs> not the current. Yeah. Not with the current fight design. That is not a tank mechanic, especially just like I. If they have it tuned where the damage is relevant to the other tanks, uh-huh. blood decay can't do it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's what I mean. I I heard, not I I heard on a very similar feedback of like either like through Twitter or just like speaking people on Discord is that like that fight, second fight seemed to be like just mechanic vomit again where it was like good. Like tons of mechanics, overlapping mechanics that sort of made it difficult to deal with like one or the other separately. And yeah, I mean, I like so what I would call mechanic vomit is something like um, the council boss, the pantheon boss pantheon, in yeah. in Sepulcher, where it's literally just like you know six seven mechanics being thrown at you that have no interactions. Yeah. Um, these like all of these. It's it's the mechanics all make sense in the same fight. It makes sense how you would have overlaps that are interesting and hard to do. The problem is that all of the timings sucked. Um, That was the thing. It's like it's yeah. You have like traps, like bombs. You have to trigger as dragon cones are going off. So like you can't dodge both things. And like yeah, it seemed like there was just they got the timings wrong in terms of you didn't have enough time either couldn't deal with one or the other mechanic basically to eat one mechanic to deal with the second mechanic right yeah or it yeah but all the mechanics like, kill you if you if you yeah exactly you're not supposed to so you can't right yeah so that that was sorry that's when i said mechanic vomit that was yeah. sort of what i meant was like they just yeah. it seemed like the timings were off not that the the fight was generally the mechanics were bad it seemed like everything generally worked on that fight too it just yeah worked a little too well so. yeah so i mean we'll see how it ends up it kind of like the, the fight's also, like, it is an end-wing boss. Maybe it's not supposed to be clear what the kind of strategy for it is. Uh-huh. But it would be... Um, oh, I guess there's one other element of it. The golem spawns are random. They can spawn from anywhere around the, pla- uh, around the platform that you're on. And then uh-huh. they run to a randomly selected location. So... Um, a lot of the time, they run all the way across the platform, which means you can somewhat reliably do stuff like mass gripping them into the middle and you can hit them with aoe stuns but then they just have so much health you can't actually like you can't you get you can take advantage of that but it's you're you're committing a ton to making that happen and even then mass grip is a 90 second cooldown at the shortest so and they spawn way more often than that um I don't know. It, it it definitely needs some significant tuning of uh, health and damage yeah. values, some animation and UX fixes. It needs tuning of the timings and overlaps. Like it's like, I think that we will get a, another uh, test of this boss. I think this will be yeah. a, like a council of blood situation. They will test this boss at least one more time, maybe two more times, uh, trying to fix all the the problems with the fight mechanically gotcha gotcha well that'll be that'll be fun they have plenty of time we'll say or maybe not plenty of time but they have 
At least right. the schedule posted, and we can we so, can slot it into one of those one of those slots. I can't. We talked about the like six weeks of time walking thing last week. The six weeks of time walking. The first week was this week. It's Cataclysm, right? Um, and that you know lines up with the end of raid testing, and maybe indicates when they're intending ten point one to release. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know the state of the state of raid testing this week did not give me super high confidence for it, especially they they bumped back normal testing again. Uh, so they still have not like two weeks ago they posted they they were gonna have weekend normal testing. Uh, yeah, still has not happened. Maybe soon. Maybe soon. yeah. Maybe so soon. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Um. Well, cool. Well, yeah, that's sort of, I guess, raid testing in a nutshell. It, you know, like we were definitely testing this week um, some fights that, that weren't all there. Um, <laughs> so cool. Um, all right. Well, maybe let's get into a little bit of the main topic today, or I guess maybe one more thing, but more uh, 10.1 PTR stuff. Um, yeah. So there's two pieces of PTR notes that we should talk about. First is Windwalker 4 set got changed. Um, what it was before is basically that you would spawn like an, a Storm Earth Fire kind of NPC, except it was like Shadow Flame instead of, you know, Storm Earth or Fire. Um, and it did less damage. It did 20% instead of 40%. Mm-hmm. Um, and people really didn't like that. The SEF dudes are kind of a pain uh, in general. Having one that spawns as like a Guardian that doesn't even like have a fixate <sighs> button. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can definitely understand why they wouldn't like it. So their set bonus got changed. What it reads now is uh, Fist of Fury deals 25% increased damage to the primary target and increases shadow and fire damage you deal to all targets hit by 40% for 15 seconds. So the first part, single target buff. Windwalker's always asking for single target buffs. Yep. So great. Um, the second piece interacts with the current two-piece bonus, which gives you a um, Shadow Flame Explosion when you Rising Sun Kick. Uh-huh. And also interacts with some other things like Flaring Cowl, which does fire damage, um, and um, the Aeronog Ring, as well as the Onyx Annulet. So um i don't know that any of those see serious play in um 10.1 after you know you get geared but uh, right. i could see the aeronog ring being uh worn yes. for quite a quite an extended period of time sticking around for a little bit yeah for sure yeah it's good that blizzard i mean sort of not just tweaking numbers on on sets but also like wholesale changing a bunch of them right cuz i don't think windwalker was the only one that got their four piece or and sort of their four piece totally re- reworked. So, um, yeah. no, yeah, the other, no, I'm sorry. The other changes that we got. Um, so if you've been following the the AWC, the uh, the kind of MDI of PvP, uh, you might have seen Brewmaster show up, and uh, I mean, I won't say they dominated; they didn't win, but <laughs> they they placed highly. They were like second or third overall um, right. or something ridiculous like that. I didn't actually watch it. Sorry, not my thing. But um, the the Brewmaster thing was very much built around Breath of Fire 
And specifically, there is the Incendiary Breath talent, which has been a long time. Like, if you've played Brewmaster and you've played it with War Mode on, you've used this talent. It makes your Breath of Fire hit twice as hard and disorient every target hit. And um, in exchange, it has a 30-second cooldown instead of a 15-second cooldown. But Storm Stout's last keg exists. <laughs> which resets the cooldown on your breath of fire when you cast keg smash so you or sorry uh there's uh sal salabim's lost tuning does that and then storm Sal's last keg gives you two charges of it so you you can like disorient 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 and this disorient um did not dr with anything it was on its own category um, okay so it was very powerful as a like disruption tool um, yeah. and just like the other things that Breath of Fire has going on now in the Brewmaster talent tree make that as a button better. I don't know the full build, but I, I have a, like a skeleton of it that I've seen, um, where you're running things like Dragonfire Brew and, and stuff like that. Um, anyway, they removed that talent. <laughs> it's gone. Nice. Um, nice. in exchange, the hot trub talent, um, which does damage based on purified damage, uh, now has a text, also makes your next Breath of Fire incapacitate targets after purifying 100% of your max health, which is to say they remove the talent because you're never triggering that text. <laughs> Basically, so there is a PvP talent that lets you stagger and purify damage that is dealt to nearby friendly allies. Um, and so like you can do some stuff there, but purifying 100% of your health is hard. That means you need to not just take 200% of your health and damage. You need to like stagger 200% of your health. So you're in PVP, you're talking about staggering a million damage. Right. And, like sure and then purifying, that. you know, half of it. Um, and so at the point that you've managed to stagger a million damage, which again, current stagger values are 65 to 70%. I don't know exactly where it falls in PvP, but in like a normal raid of, of the high geared brewmaster will have a 70-ish percent stagger value. Um, so you're really looking at taking, you know, 1.5 million damage before you get a single incapacitate. <laughs> right, and at that point, DPS probably use all their cooldowns. So like the incapacitates almost worthless right i mean it's right. probably so still like, useful but like not as useful it would have been like 10 seconds ago when the dps was yeah all their like on me. the whole reason that the that the brewmaster was useful is that they could uh preemptively like they could set up cooldowns like it set up cc's you know right. your brewmaster could roll over to their healer hit them with breath of fire and they're disoriented and the brewmaster still has other cc's like paralysis and leg sweep that they can use to keep control of the fight uh -huh. um so it was very much like a cc oriented thing it was not really like a damage thing this hot trap change like not only like you don't get that disorient right off the bat you have to purify you know uh, a ton of damage before you can do that and you can't chain it which is another major portion of it so you can't chain cc somebody so like before you could breath of fire somebody they're disoriented uh, maybe they trinket it so they can get an important heal off. You can kick smash breath of fire again uh -huh. and, and kind of negate that. And so like, it was really good. It was really stupid. I'm not surprised they broke it, but like, I honestly should have just removed the talent and not changed hot shrub because 
you're never, <laughs> ever, 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 ever getting that value off a of hot job. That's funny. That's funny. Gosh, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Should, yeah, I agree with you. Should have probably just probably just removed it, though. Um, um, cool. So yeah. And I guess, interesting. I guess there was one thing on PTR for Miss Weaver 2, just, to, just for full disclosures. They did change our two-piece again, but this was already on the PTR last week. They just finally put in the notes, which was... So the two-piece had been um, renewing misses a chance to grant a Soulfang infusion, which grants uh, 5% of your maximum mana over 5 seconds. They've now changed that to 3% of your maximum mana over 3 seconds. So still the same amount of mana yeah. or but over less time. time. Yeah. yeah. So um wondering why they're doing that. It didn't... Uh, I haven't checked the data mining. I don't think they've changed the proc rate. It should still sit at 6... Or sorry, at 4% uh, per renewing mystic, but... Um, yeah, still a same set bonus, just less mana, uh, for less time. So, uh, or sorry, same mana, less time for the buff, basically. Um, so cool. Um, all right, well, maybe we jump into the main topic, which is, which was going to be a fixes, but I did want to pause briefly and just ask one question. Have you been watching any of the MDI this weekend? Cause it is global finals weekend. I have not. I did hear about the no healer keys. Um, yes. Which has been... Uh, so apparently there's two things that go into this. One is that they used to have a rule that you had to have a tank and a healer in your key. Like kind of we went through the era of anything goes in the MDI and we did see some no healer keys, I believe, back in Legion. Um, and we yeah. saw some effectively no healer keys like the infamous uh, season three of BFA uh, freehold tech where they didn't do the um, seasonal mechanic which spawned ads when you didn't do it. And then the Mistweaver just picked up all the ads with healing aggro and ran away for five minutes while they killed the boss. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, trained, effectively like, zero healer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I forgot about that. Yeah, they they would train the uh, in freehold the final spawn right because that was the yeah. Swamdi's thing. Uh, you mm -hmm. Well, the there was spawn. that. Maybe I'm thinking season four. Maybe it was season four of Shadowlands or of uh, of BFA. It's the it's the 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 obelisk one with the three oh, ads. Right. Yeah, and it would yeah, spawn yeah. those ads on the boss, and so they the 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 misweaver just grabbed them and ran. <laughs> yeah, kept feeling I grabbed them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we did see a zero healer key. Uh, they did not uh, win. Um, they lost that that key by a pretty substantial amount of time. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So Cheese did it uh, in the lower bracket finals. Um, so they lost, uh, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, no. Um, it's been a it's been actually really exciting. So I I would I would definitely go back and watch, particularly some of Echo's runs. So Echo being the preliminary best team, you know dominates everything they actually have every one of their matches through the finals they've won all three of their upper bracket uh but matches it's been but, all like two one oh uh, it's all two ones and so it's and they've been making some mistakes that other teams have put on some like really really crazy good runs against them so um it's a lot closer this time i mean echo is in the grand finals now i think they just beat mandatory um four minutes ago um, as we're recording this, but um, but yeah, I would say go back, check it out. MDI finals have been really exciting. Um, so yeah, um, I just wanted to quickly pop in and say that before we talk about uh, the affixes. Yeah, so in season two of Dragonflight, there's two major changes to 
Mythic Plus. One is New Dungeon Pool. We've talked about the new dungeons that are coming in. Um, not going to belabor that. There's also no seasonal fix, but they are replacing some of the affixes in the uh, the Keystone Level 7 kind of affix bucket. So for those that aren't familiar with how the affix system works, at level 1, you've got a bucket with two affixes, Fortified and Tyrannical. Just alternates. Level 4, you've got a different bucket of affixes that includes things like, I believe, Sanguine. Yep. And Rightful. then at the, yep. at the level 7 one, you've got a different set of affixes in that bucket, like Quaking, Grievous, and Volcanic. What they've done is they've taken specifically those three that I used as examples, Quaking, Grievous, Volcanic, are being removed. Goodbye, Grievous. In their place, we have three new affixes. Uh, Entangling, Afflicted, and Incorporeal. Um, Along with tuning to another, uh, pardon my sarcasm, fan favorite affix in Explosive. Um, And in short... It's all a mess. Yeah, so they uh, effectively removed one healer effects in Grievous and added three new ones, plus made one of them harder. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the joke. Let's start with right explosive now. because explosive is one that I think most people already have. Like most people understand what explosive is now. Like you, you have explosives that can spawn. Um, you sometimes like it. It functions as a kind of pull limiter because if you pull too many things, you get too many explosive spawns, and your healer who is currently primarily responsible for doing all of the explosives all of the time, can't actually kill them all before they explode. Um, So new explosive, it basically only gives you one explosive orb at a time. And in lower keys, it's fine. Um, You can just kill it. It still can't be targeted with a macro and things like that, but it's got a lot of health now. Uh, To the point that actually, I think actually two can spawn. um, And... There was a, there's a point in like 20s where each of them requires 100k DPS to kill. Yeah, in the eight seconds before they explode. Yeah, that's um, the health increase has been. I think the biggest thing that I've heard of people who have been playing PTR with this affix is that yeah, it's no longer like because currently I think the way it works is you're right. It's a healer affix, or I mean anybody can just essentially tab target auto attack uh, an explosive orb and it dies. And so well, a bigger pull you can't tab to explosives well you, you sorry uh like that's the like you have to actually specifically target them but it's also so that's easier like okay a good thing reducing the number of explosives reduces the amount of issues that you run into with nameplates and making it hard to like target things uh-huh. so like that's good but the amount of damage that they require right now in the hierarchies is like they, that's they wrap, on the ptr sorry. that's the issue yeah, on the PTR. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so basically it wrapped all the way around. So like right now it's a healer fix because they have so little health that the healer can just like one shot all of them. And so you just have your healer one shot all of them because they're not going to do relevant damage to the, to the mobs really. Um, and they can generally do, uh, enough healing while doing the explosives that it's, it's okay. Um, so they tried to make it a DPS fix by making it so that you actually have to do relevant damage to the explosives to kill them, which means that your healer can't just solo it. You got to have like your group has to participate, but they actually put, gave them so much health that it looped back around to being a healer affix, except now instead of your healer killing them, you just let them go off <laughs> and your healer heals it. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to be a viable strategy. 
Um, I mean, people were doing but, it in, in PTR keys is, is, yeah, is no, the thing. I, and I don't think it's going to stay that way, but like it does show that there's a very delicate balance between it being a DPS affix that you have to have your DPS put damage into and having it be a healer affix where you just ignore it and heal through the damage. Right, exactly. And I, and I, I mean, I, I, I talked to a couple of people and I think the other problem is if you like, if you are trying to like basically play the mechanic and delete the orbs when you need to, they did have enough health that like it made killing the actual pack that you pulled that much harder because you'd yeah. have to come off for six or seven seconds to do enough damage to kill it, then get back on the mobs. And by the time you're ready to get back on the mobs, there's another explosive that is spawned, right? right? And right. the big the, the other thing is a part of this is like explosives are essentially immune to most or all uh AoE damage. Yeah. Right. Or generally, we'll say generally. So you, all. you can cleave off of them. So like if you use it, generally speaking, there's yeah. exceptions to this, but like generally speaking, you can use an ability like a keg smash um to do damage to the explosive and it'll hit things that are near it. There are exceptions to that, like Fists of Fury. Basically doesn't work at all on explosives, last I checked. Um, and right now you wouldn't want to use it on explosives because they have so little health. If you need to yeah. kill an explosive and you're playing Windwalker, use a Tiger Paul. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, it. it, it I think a couple things, I think things have to change if they keep, like if they're going to keep the health this high, they need to then allow explosives to be hit by AOE abilities. Because I, yeah. I don't think, regardless of if you're, I mean, if I think there will be eventually be a key level where you have to play the the mechanic. I think in pug keys or most keys, you're going to play the mechanic, right? Anyway, not yeah. yeah. PTR is going to be a lot of specific groups of players who work together so they can yeah. not the play high and key get a yeah. going in there. The ones that can actually set up for taking like a hundred percent of your health and damage over three seconds and just exactly. heal through it. Yeah, exactly. So I think in that regard, having them get be able to be hit by AOE abilities maybe lessens the issue with like switching to them um and like the fact that they do have so much health you you can at least get the explosives down while also then getting the pack down at a reasonable a reasonable clip because i think that's the for me that's i'd be fine if they were high health and they required more focused dps i think that's a maybe a good chance yeah. to go for but the problem is is that it requires so much dps currently that like you never actually kill the packs you're in this yeah. endless loop of like yeah. The pack goes down to like 10, you know, 15% health each explosive that spawns. And so like in a pack that might have taken you like 30 yeah. seconds to kill now is, you know, a 90 second or, you know, two minute pack, right? Right. And that's um, one of the issues that they've run into with some other affixes. Um, like to, to call out the Blonsomni affix that you mentioned that spawned a big wave of ads that mm -hmm. uh, you got to kill. And that's something that pugs you just did. Like the, the ads aggroed onto you automatically. You just killed them. But the amount of health, the amount of damage that you had to put into them did actually make the key longer. So it was it was a downside to doing that. Like it, it cost you yep. time to do it. So what you saw is in high keys, um, people would be playing combinations of rogues, night elves, and other things that could just drop combat at will. Uh, I mean, there's a cooldown, but you know, you only had to do this three times a dungeon. Um, and what you would do is just drop combat and not do the affix at all because it costs time and why would you like if you can just not spend two minutes doing this aoe fiesta why would you so that same thing happened with uh the season four bfa affix with the obelisks uh you only did them in higher keys if the skip that it gave you was valuable um it happened with prideful 
where in high keys people just didn't do prideful you would spawn it and then ignore it and run away from it and just not do it because it was not only like a major healing check but a very very intense single target damage check that took a long time uh-huh it happened with the season two effects with <laughs> like it, and then it happened with the season three effects where you did like you did like the one uh cooldown you did like err for the cooldown yeah. reduction pretty frequently and then you did the one that gave you the skip to do specific skips without a rogue so it's like yeah. over and over again they keep running into this thing where like adding adding big blobs of health to the dungeon just like people just don't do it it just takes too long it, it makes other things take too long too so yeah it's uh yeah it's, it's, we'll see yeah, what it's, they're yeah well what if, if they make any sort of changes to to this one it'll be i think it's for the best if they do so yeah um but uh we have three new affixes that are coming in and um i mean just quick summary they're all cc related right pretty much we have entangling which is the first one um a lot of people initially read this incorrectly um so entangling will spawn and it will snare you not root you're not rooted in place but you are snared uh-huh. basically you're slowed by 50 percent until you break the vine by getting 10 yards away right. um you can remove it with blessing of freedom tiger celeste that kind of stuff uh shapeshift yeah but fundamentally like right now there's two issues with it first off you can't see it like it, it shows up as a debuff so unless you're like watching your debuffs closely you basically just have to have a weak aura for it which is not ideal the animation is bad um because it spawns like right on you and you have to get away from it but because it's right on you it's right underneath you there's not really an animation for it um but then there's the second issue which is the fact that the 50 percent slow at a bad time can just kill you just death yeah, yeah. Um, so there's there's things like uh, oh there's also if you don't break it uh, within ten seconds it's supposed to stun you unless they remove that. Uh, I didn't see if they remove that or not. I think that's still in the game. The, it's still in the tooltip, so I'm assuming that they haven't removed it. So if you don't break it after eight seconds, it stuns you for three seconds. Yeah. Which just like I'm going to use examples from current dungeons because they're most they're easiest to like make analogies to but like if you think about something um like wise mari you know and you get yeah. slowed by 50 percent while you're running from the water beam um <laughs> or while you're trying to cross in between sections and the before the the pop-up happens that can Splash very it. easily kill you um you've got stuff um like on the second boss of Noku, like for running out of the fear it's a big fear you got to get out of it but, mm -hmm. you know, if you're trying to be efficient with your positioning as a melee, you probably know how long you can wait before moving out of it. You don't have to move out of it instantly for a lot of classes. Um, but then if you get snared while you actually are running out of it, now you no longer have enough time. You get feared. You get stunned. You do nothing for like 10 seconds and probably die. Right. Um. Then there's things like uh, the tree boss in Algathar Academy currently, where when you get the germinate, you're doing a circle around the boss. That circle's not 10 yards wide. So what 
happens with the current strat of it where you you build a circle of them around is if you get entangling for one thing you might get hit by previous circles and get killed right so that's a problem to get out um but you also are going to be spending you know five or six of your eight seconds that you have to break the snare um doing your circle and then unless you have a freedom effect or a really good uh, movement effect like a blink or a roll you're not going to be able to break the root and you're going to get stunned. So this is, I mean, and also just like thinking back to when we had corruption, the random slow on corruption was the most lethal corruption. It was subtle. So people didn't always recognize that it was, but it was absolutely the most lethal corruption unless you were going up to like the 100 corruption tier and like taking the yeah. dot and all of that. Um, and it was just, not fun to play with like just randomly getting slowed is not fun it's frustrating uh so i like there is basically zero good redeeming qualities of this effects just like nothing redeeming about this um yeah. having it doesn't it, it doesn't say you know hey you get a nice perk for playing a class like a paladin that has blessing of freedom or bringing a class like a paladin that has a blessing of freedom it says if you're a priest you don't play this week <laughs> Which is also like there, it does highlight the the differences in mobility. Like all these things, you might be like, okay, I play a monk, I just hit roll, it'll be fine, right? Um, and like a lot of the time, you're right. You know, even if you aren't hanging on to tiger's lust, usually you just have a charge of roll, so you can just roll and you'll be okay. Break it. Yeah. Priests can't do that, so yeah, they'll need a feather or something. They'll need some sort of help or even a an, an external movement CD. Yeah, so it's really, I, I honestly like I don't want them to spend time tuning this. I want them to remove it and put Grievous back. I mean, not Grievous. I'll take Volcanic <laughs> though. Yeah, like yeah, I'm, this is. I would actually, I would take Grievous over Entangling. I've healed Grievous. It's not fun. I like Grievous is just the purest healer mechanic. It's so much harder to heal yeah. than other things especially in pugs it's like ultra punishing in pugs but then not as bad when you're in a, an organized group that like avoids mechanics yeah. um but still like yeah i, I mean, will I get, take grievous over this yeah i guess i and so from my point of view i mean it it is a slow it is a random slow um i'm hoping the only thing that potentially makes this better is they they treat it like the quaking mechanic where you have a timer right so you know like at just, certain points when it's going to come, but then you can set up for it and play around it. Right. So the idea is like the random nature of it is the problem. Yeah. And so, but if you can play around the slow, it's something you have to deal with in the dungeon, right? It's a similar to like quaking when that would go off at times when like, you're all about to jump on a mount that takes you to the same spot. Right. right. You need to make sure you don't all do that or you basically kill each other. So I think, but two things. So first off, they consistently went back every time that like getting on a, a flight path or a mount would just kill you with quaking. They went back and they fixed it so quaking didn't do damage while you're on it. Okay, fair which enough. pretty much removed that issue. Um, and then the second thing is, in order to do that kind of planning around it, you had to have a timer weakora for it, which just mandatory weakora. And like, right. Any of these, if you have to have a weakora to play the mechanic, it's a failure of a mechanic, and they just shouldn't do it. Like, I. I... I, I no holds barred. If you have to have a weak aura to play the mechanic, it should not be a mythic plus affix. Not necessarily saying that like 
I mean, I, I generally would probably say that any mechanic that requires a weak card needs to be changed, but anything that requires like a weak card as a mythic plus affix, as an added mechanic overlaid onto the dungeon, just shouldn't exist. Yeah, but then the random slow doesn't matter that much, right? Like the I mean, idea is like it, you, it just, does, you just it's gonna you just play people. around it. Well, then you you have to you have to play around it, right? Like you have but to like how do you play around it? You you move early out of things, right? But like you, you don't know you it's coming. Move, but then you continually move, right? Like that's the idea is like you have to, like if you are a class that's slow, like a priest, you understand that there is a boss about to do something that is an aerial denial in a certain area, so I should move away from that early. Right. But a lot of those are already built so that you don't have much extra time. Like uh, it's pretty common for the circles to be sized such that if you move immediately, you have one or two seconds extra. Like you don't have to move instantly. You have one or two seconds to realize it's happening and then move out of it. With a 50% slow, you don't have any extra time. Right. So you should be moving before the mechanics start. But that's just even further beyond like needing a, a week or a timer for the mechanic. That's now you need, you must have, you have uh, to plan accurate for boss it. timers. You must have accurate boss timers. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like you should have like, you should have an awareness of when a boss is going to do something if you want to move but out. Like, of it. okay, there's a difference between like I know that this mechanic is going to be happening soon because I've done the boss before. Like, if you've done the last boss of Ruby Life Pools, you kind of, or the second boss of Ruby Life Pools is a great example. Most people who've done that boss a couple of times can like kind of remember the order in their heads of like, okay, you get uh, the add, then you get a boulder, then you get the tank mechanic, then the add explodes, then you get a boulder, then you get an add, and you repeat. Um, but you don't have like precise timers for that. And there's also things like, right, but you'll the, know, like there's a boulder about to spawn cause he just did the big AOE circle. So I need right. to be ready for the boulder. So if I know I might get slowed. I should be moving to one side. As so like, the unless you have, out. if you just have like big wigs or DBM, you just like watch the timer and you do it when the timer is coming up. Yeah, but even but if, if you, you don't, don't have that, are you just going to spend five extra seconds moving? Yeah. Because you know the boulders soon, so you're just not going to cast anything for five seconds. Yeah. Like you then don't you die. don't complete the key. But like then you, you, don't you, you can't complete the key then. I would disagree. I would like, disagree because you, what you're talking about is someone who doesn't use any add-ons, which no, is not the same I mean, person that is using that is doing a plus twenty or a plus twenty-three. My point Where is, you shouldn't it. need add-ons in order to play but the that's, mechanics. Anytime that's you need an add-on to saying, play the mechanic, it's I'm a failure of a mechanic. And I'm saying you don't need an add-on to play the mechanic. You can move early. You're saying that then you wouldn't time the key, which is different. You can outplay the mechanic by moving when you know the boss is about to do something that requires you to move. You can move early. That's, you can already be moving. So my point is twofold. First off, you can't always do that because that's how, not how they design mechanics. They don't design mechanics around you getting a 50% slow random. Right? Uh, that's fine. Uh, right. So like it, you imagine the scenario where like, okay, the boss could jump on somebody. That's a pretty common mechanic. I don't think there's yeah. any current dungeons that do this, but like a, a boss or an ash or is going to jump the on wolf in, The wolf in whatever does it in uh, Halls of Valor. Oh, that would be fun. You're you're kiting the wolf and you get the slow and the wolf just reaches you and fucking murders you. Be, be f further away. Yeah. Don't be That's a priest. A, but, but, I mean, but all, this is but, all just like, don't be a priest. But all, but all I'm saying is like your point of like, I don't, you don't, a bad mechanic is one that doesn't need it or that needs an add-on. And all I'm saying is if you're not going to use add-ons, then you need to basically play more conservatively. 
need to be and further I'm from saying that like the way that they design things. mechanics, you just can't play more conservatively on every mechanic. The way that they design encounters, you just don't have time to do that because they're designed around like the the hypothetical boss is going to jump on you. It's going to have a circle AOE centered on you. Okay, right. you can't pre move out of that. The circle is centered on you. But you it, can be moving. So there's a difference between standing still. The boss jumps on you. But if you, you have a back. but if you get that the boss jumps on you, fifty percent slow happens exact same time. You're just dead. You can't pre-move that. You can't, even if you're moving as it happens. Well, then your teammate should do feet. something to help you, right? Like that's then your teammates playing to support you if you don't have the ability to move out of it. Like there's ways around, like you're saying that as an individual, but without I'm saying, the help like, of the, anyone the else. The timing of those things, you can't always have your teammates help you. Like, are you supposed to play with four paladins so that you always have a blessing of freedom? Like they might be using their blessing of, free, blessing of freedom for themselves. Are they like... I think we're in the realm of very strict hypotheticals where like you're talking about a 50% slow being crippling to a specific class. And all I'm saying is if you're playing a priest, a 50% slow is crippling to everyone. I, and I would say there's ways to play around that in almost any situation. Like whether it's, whether it's your own ability to like, so backing up, backing up a blue, whether you can play it or not. I, I mean, I don't think it's realistic to play on every encounter in a plus. Maybe they specifically picked encounters that you can play it on for this season, but we're going to have future seasons where you can't. Regardless of that, it's not fun. It's the opposite of fun. I would say that all affixes are not fun, though. There are some that I think are fun or can be fun. This is not one of them. Like, at least, like, okay, Volcanic is a very easy affix. But, you know, I would not call it, like anti-fun like it's something like it challenge it's it's not challenging but it does keep you on your toes and keeps you moving and force you to like look at your feet instead of your action bars and, and that kind of thing Ex- even in lower keys except when you're pulling a bunch of murlocs in whatever that dungeon <laughs> and they're pulled in the range and now there are volcanics in melee because the ones that are in range are swanning in melee yeah you can't see your yeah. feet yeah that's that's unfun because then you get popped up and maybe it's the mob that spawns the big water circle that one right. shot and you, that spawns and right you into and you're dead yeah yeah. Like, so I, I think, but like, my, that's my also life, like, that's way more of a, like, just play around it by not pulling 800 Murlocs. Right. But then you don't then, time a key. Yeah. But that's way easier to do than saying on every boss, you must be able to handle a 50% slow happening at any time. I don't think every boss though has a mechanic that requires you to move out of it immediately. Right? So like every, I mean, almost every, like you think about Croth, like the fire puddles on Croth just kill you. 50% slow happens and you were finishing a cast because you knew you knew you could get out of it. You got 0.2 seconds left on your cast. You finish your cast, 50% slow hit, bam, you're dead. Because you like, so now you can just never finish a cast unless you have a week or a timer that tells you when it's going to happen. So now you just have to have a week or it's a, it's a mandatory. But, does, but does that fire spawn, does that kill you on lower keys? Cause like, yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, does it? Okay, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I've I mean, done it on like so it, it has a stun attached to it as well. So it's it's uh, around the fifteen level. It starts being a one shot. Like it's around three hundred k damage. But the so that's my issue with this. Is it like the idea of not needing add-ons is one thing, but then expecting players to not use that who are doing like even fifteens on a weekly base, like. I, that's sort of my issue with it is like at least with your position is it like you're saying you shouldn't need a weak or to play around a mechanic however almost everyone will do this who is pushing any sort of like we'll say like difficult content so it's right like at a plus 10 they shouldn't is, be adding affixes that have a 
a level of complexity or punishment as a fix. It's like as a mythic plus a fix that is now on all the time in every key. Well, it's they seven or above. But yeah, Seven or above. But like yeah. in, in if you're in a key and it's entangling weak, it shouldn't be something like the fact that it requires a weak aura means one of two things. Either it's too punishing, so you have to have a weak aura to make sure that you don't get punished. Mm-hmm. Or it's too complex, so you need a weak aura to track it. And that's where Thundering came in. Where like Thundering was both pretty punishing if you failed to clear it. So you needed a weak aura to help you find who you cleared on um, before they improved the visuals. Or... And it was also like too complex because it, it it was like you it was hard to figure out who had the thing that you had to clear on, which again was like a visuals thing. Um, so they could add better visuals, but I actually think on a mechanical level, the fifty percent slow is just too punishing. Yeah, so I mean, I think the way that around this is like you they either they either figure out a way to make entangling not trigger immediately around certain abilities that will kill you if you get it as the ability goes off. Right, right, because that's basically what you're saying. Is that it's not the slow itself is not the issue. It's the slow plus an ability that will kill, will one shot you. Also going off that requires you. To yeah, move. and I mean, even if it doesn't literally one shoot shot you, there's a lot of things where like take an ex- taking an extra, you know, 150k hit of something. You know, every time that happens, it puts you further and further behind, and then you die to just like unavoidable damage, like taking damage, like on the um, third boss of Azure Vaults where like if you take yeah. a couple of extra ticks of the frost puddles there then you like maybe just die if the boss targets you with the beam next right yeah yeah and i and think so, I, I mean i get I, but that's to me like that's what these affixes are meant to be right to they're not meant to be you. well no not to randomly kill you but they're meant to be things that you solve with your group right because like in general, like there are like if we haven't even talked about the other two, but like afflicted yeah. or or yeah. incorporeal, so right? Let's Which, actually like, let's hit afflicted real quick. So afflicted um, spawns an ad that has three debuffs on it. It's got a curse, a poison, and a disease. Um, and you have ten seconds to either heal it to full, so it's a friendly NPC that you can heal, um, or remove curse, remove poison, or remove disease. Um, if you fail, then you get a haste debuff. So like a couple of things right off the bat here. First off, it's way less punishing. It's a hasty buff versus a three second stun. And honestly, like a hasty buff is less punishing than just the base base thing that is necessary that, that entangling gives you of a 50% slow. Like a 50% slow is significantly worse than the hasty buff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to deal with. It's you need one remove curse, remove poison, or remove disease in your whole group. So that's way less of like a a check than needing, you know, that basically means you need a druid, mage, uh, shaman, monk, priest, or uh, like there's there's like it's. You basically have to build your entire group out of like warriors, rogues, and DKs in order to not be able to handle it via dispel. Um, so there's that. Um, and there's also just the ability to heal it, which is like healing friendly NPCs sucks. So I don't think anybody wants that to be the case that you have to do a lot of the time just because that's not fun. 
Yeah. So that's kind of my point is like entangling just at a base level is so far out of line with the difficulty and complex of, of other mechanics. Just like, not even if you fail it, just like getting the 50% slow is so much worse than anything most other affixes do. Yeah, except when the afflicted mobs spawn and your healer already has a dispel on cooldown, right? But then you like you can actually just not do it, and you get a hasty buff, and like that's not good. It does make you do less damage and less healing. But it's everybody. Okay, it's in your entire party. That's right? fine. So like, I, I would. I mean, it just makes like it it compounds itself, right? So like a hundred percent haste, hundred percent haste debuff is like a huge slow in terms of damage output and healing output, particularly for like your hot based healers. So as a right. druid healer, this is a huge issue. Like Missweaver Monk, this is a huge issue in terms of like the healing output they can do if one of these things goes off. So like, again, but, it, it's- I mean, it's not good when that happens, right? But there's two things. First off, it's way harder for that to just kill your group. It has to be something where it lines up with, uh, you know, heavy raid group-wide damage taken. That, now the fact that you have your healing cut in half is a major, major, major problem. Like yeah, or like your damage if you have to break a shield right, or something, right? Right. Yeah, but it's um, the same as like, but the difference is it's everyone in your group here versus like the entangling mechanic is like entangling one applies person. to the whole group at once. But it's one. But our entire discussion earlier was on the fact that if someone gets and they can't move out of something, they get one shot. That's only one person dying. Versus I mean, that's a wipe that kills your key. Potentially, unless you have a battle res or you have the ability to clear whatever the final percentage of yeah. health or whatever mobs are remaining are. Right. Yeah. I, my point is like, like they're all bad. I'm not disagreeing. Like the entangling point that you're making is true. And I'm 100% with I you. I mean, you on are, like, but like, well, I, I'm, but I'm, all I'm saying is that every affix has bad components to it that are just yeah. as bad, that can be just as no, bad as like, nah, not even close. Like, and I think yeah, that's going to be the difference. Afflicted could potentially wipe you, but like, if you look at with the conditions where it has to wipe you, you have to have for 10 seconds, which is higher than the cooldown of uh, an actual dispel. So, like, an eight, uh, dispel is an eight second cooldown. So, if you dispel something, and then this thing spawns, you will have your cooldown of your dispel back before it finishes its cast. So the only way that you actually can't dispel it is if you have another dispel that you must do in the same or, multi or multiple spawn or multiple dis multiple yeah. dispels. Um, so okay, there's that. But then it also uh, a bunch of DPS can actually do this dispel. So then it also is something where you don't have a DPS that can help with it. So that's a group comp thing that you can play around. In the same way, like entangling to some degree, you can bring Blessing of Freedom and Tiger's Lust, but that's much more narrow. Very few classes have, like, I think I actually just named all of them. Uh, that Like, you can put out a friendly player to remove a slow. Uh, I guess there's Master's Call from Hunters, but they don't really frequently run those pets. Um, and then also, all of that aside, if you know you're not going to be able to dispel it, and you have to have the dispel for other things. You need to do on the 15 right now, it is 124k healing, which can be done not just by the healer, but if like you know you need it and you have a group uh, member that can off heal, like a brewmaster can do a solid, you know, 124k health in 10 seconds. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. These are all other party members helping out other party members to deal with a mechanic. Almost like you could also grip a person with entangling. You don't need just need to with a break priest. the root. Every with a priest. Yeah. yeah, right. But that's the same as like 
you need a so you, you need a DPS class like, that can heal these things or that can that well, can dispel how many, these things. How many how many classes can grip people? It's one. It was pretty. Uh, but I guess how I many said, classes like, can heal? My, it's my, half of them. My my only my only point around this is that like all these affixes are bad. Like they're not good things. And so, oh like, yeah, I mean, like, idea I think, of, like I think afflicted is actually pretty much fine. Afflicted um, seems fine. Entangling is probably the worst affix that they've had in the game since uh, what's the one that from Legion where it gave you a heal absorb when you overhealed? That oh, one was flowing. Overflowing. That one was bad. I mean, like, I would say that I would was say the same kind of like Quake certain and, classes just can't play. I think original, oh, original quaking, quaking was, was also kind of was also bad. But right? original quaking, what like original quaking was like a little bit of the grievous like extra healing required, combined but, with like positioning would, restrictions, and it overlapped mechanics. But like yeah. if you took a big piece of group wide damage, yeah, right as quaking went off, you died. To use Wise Mari as an example, uh, right now. Right, like if you get quaking with Wise Mari while you're dodging the beam, that's a really difficult overlap. Yeah, but I just mean like if you're taking like if you if you take the howl on the the dog boss in halls, right. Plus quaking hits at the same old quaking hit at the same time, you would right. your okay. group would die. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no outplaying that because you can't yeah. not soak and you can't spread. So even yeah. without the overlaps, you're dead. So I mean, I don't know. I, yeah. I, we've spent a ton of time here and we're, yeah. we're very much over the, <laughs> the last affix real quick incorporeal uh yeah. it summons a a mob uh that uh it's got this weird everything type so it's every kind of of npc it's a beast it's a humanoid it's undead it's dragonkin all of it at the same time um they will spam cast uh destabilize which is eight seconds uh it's interruptible if you kick it, it casts it again. Um, but they can be hard CC'd. Like, you can use a hibernate on it because it's a beast. And you can use a turn evil on it because it's an undead. All that stuff. Um, so they just, like, last for 20 seconds and you have to CC them. And, uh, I mean, this one kind of sucks, too. Uh, it's not entangling tier. Um, it's not entangling tier. It's just okay. Not. Okay. Um, like destabilize gives you like a, a 50% negative damage modifier and negative healing modifier. So that's like the same kind of punishment that you get from failing the um, uh, afflicted fix, except that there's like multiple of them that spawn. So you need extra hard CCs that you're not already using. Um, hard CCs like hibernate are easy to break with AOE damage. Um, even if you just like, you know, have a death and decay or consecration out. Yeah. And you break your heart CC. That's not great. Um, so like technically you can play around this. It's way harder to play around than afflicted, way easier to play around than, than entangling and not nearly as pushing as entangling. Like a three second, a three second stun kills you. You're dead now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're never going to see eye to eye. Let him fix. I, I think they're, yeah. I mean, this this one is uh, hopefully your group is taking their hard CCs too. So that's the other thing yeah. we didn't haven't really talked through all of this is like everything we've talked about, like particularly with the whole DPS being able to support like dispelling and things like that requires them yeah. to take like detox as a windwalker, right? Or like right. take it as a brewmaster, you know, it's things like that. It's pretty free to do that for most people. And I, even, so, 
even then like the fallback of your dps casts healing spells for six seconds is like there's no talent that you need for that you just have it yeah agreed so like i think in general like again like with this effects like you yeah your team would need to basically have these hard ccs along with it and yeah or you just have to interrupt you know every eight seconds on whatever spawns right because I, I think even if you do interrupt the mob will recast almost immediately right um so yeah no this one it doesn't seem as bad just uh, sort of a priority i had to take care of in terms of like again keeping cc or interrupting but yeah. um i don't think you can kill them either like you no can't no just they, kill them. yeah they're alive they, for the 20 seconds yeah yeah so you just have to keep them cc'd for that duration which basically is like uh, uh paralysis is extremely good for this paralysis works i mean mm -hmm. on everything just period but like you can para this and um you know para's instant good range like yada 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 it's very uh nice for that mm -hmm. um i don't know my main concern like is just making sure that like cleave abilities don't break your hard ccs yeah exactly like, it would actually kind of be but like if you have a hard cc and you don't break it it kind of just removes the mob so maybe that's just what it should do like if you cast one of these hard ccs on it it should just go away like the sparks on razagath yeah, no, I, but I think they I think there is there's like a play style around when using it, particularly those that can get broken that they want to they want to incorporate into this, right? So there's there's things around that that are just going to be really frustrating. Like you put death and decay down, you can't remove it. If an incorporeal spawns in it, you just have to keep kicking it until 12 seconds later your death and decay goes away. Yeah. Um summoning another death and decay doesn't remove the old one like consecration. Uh consecration if you summon a new consecration, your old one goes away. Mhm. Mm yeah and that's like i mean in the scheme of things that's not that bad but it would be frustrating you could play around that by just not playing blood dk uh, any dk no dk oh any uh, sorry any dk because they uh, all you use death and decay because they added a bunch of modifiers to it you get like five percent haste and five percent damage for standing in your death and decay gotcha and gotcha. frost dk does like cleave when they're in their death and decay and unholy dk does too that's fair so yeah just don't bring dks out so you just bone <laughs> But again, in the scheme of things, that's like way less bad than yeah. like what entangling asks of you. Like, <laughs> it, it right now entangling happens very infrequently, which is like the one one thing that like makes it less bad. But like, frankly, it just if they are going to keep entangling it, it literally just can't happen in boss fights. If it doesn't happen in boss fights, like ninety percent of my complaints go away. It's still not fun. It's not fun does not add anything good to the game but at least it's not going to randomly wipe your group on a tyrannical boss it's an affix it's not supposed to add to the game but i i will i it will i will though. i will What's relinquish the point of adding I will, mechanics if they're not fun i will i i will relinquish the argument on entangling all right we are way over yes we are um <laughs> i know we both have stuff to do this afternoon so yes, yes. uh we're gonna wrap up the podcast here <laughs> i'm gonna keep it real short thank you all for watching and or listening. I hope you enjoyed it, including our extended argument about entangling. Um, <laughs> and if you did enjoy it, you can support the show, support the work over at Pika Serenity on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Pika Serenity. Um, if you were watching yesterday, there was an April Fool's about Babs getting replaced. If you'd like Babs to actually get replaced, yeah. you can go and say so in the Discord. Uh, I'm sure Let he would know. enjoy that. Um, make sure you do it in Mist Lounge. I, I hear they're into that. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's it for the show today. 
Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.